Burgoy made a pass, and Cyril is happy to travel that. Sicily gets the joy of kicking the goal. You're up below. Helps them inside 50. Schofield the spoil. He did it successfully. Burgoy the handball in the blink of an eye and Gunston to cap it off. Spirits high. Beautiful strike. And he might just feels like he belongs now. Tim O'Brien. Shields. Great connection. Back was out the back, but it never came. Instead, watches Luke Bruce picks it up and watches he kicks another one for the Hawks, who are flying. After copying it from all corners of the footy world throughout the week, we hoped our Hawks would respond, and didn't they just? In an impressive display, a rejuvenated Hawthorne crushed the West Coast Eagles by 50 points, scoring their first victory of 2017. The win capped off a wonderful weekend as both Box Hill sides reigned supreme in their respective matches also. What a difference one weekend makes. It seems for now at least the grey clouds hanging over the club have cleared and maybe, just maybe, there's a bright future after all. Hello, I'm Nick Mason and welcome to the most must-hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. Joining me is a man who knew for certain and Hawthorne would break the drought this weekend <laughs> as he paid close attention to Robbo's predictions. Oh. G'day, Tiz. What's going on? He's on for nine from nine this round. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, I wrote the end is near if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you literally showed me that. But it- I said it had a good feeling about Thursday. Well, yeah, he, he had tipped everyone. Yeah. And uh, then you showed me that. You showed me during the game. We met up during the game at the ground and you said, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, it's... Unlikely, but who knows? Could happen. <laughs> who does he have yet? Rich, Richmond and... Yeah, I think Richmond yeah. and... Uh, Co- I think he did Collingwood, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, enough about Slobo. Yeah. Okay, How yeah. good were we? Yes, very good, wasn't it? Oh. Well, <coughs> it was an entirely different dynamic to the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know what Clarko did, but well, it worked. That's it, isn't it? Because I've been racking my brains about it for a whole 24 hours now. Well... Less than 24. Well, I've got to say, McAvoy, he was huge for us, especially yeah. in that first quarter. Massive, massive game. With Jonathan Giles out, I mean, what a loss for the West Coast Eagles. Uh, I mean, you know, I took the time to diss him in my promo last week, and he's bundled out of the team. Yeah. Well, they it's listen. insulting. They, they listen. They, they listen to it. That's what it is. Right. I should really take care with my promos then. <laughs> Who do we want Anderson Kilder next week? Oh. <laughs> have a go at Rue, I reckon. Yeah, have a go at Rue Holt. <laughs> I don't want to make him cry. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's that's his legacy, mate. If he can't win Premiership Cups, he'll be known for crying. That's oh, it. That's so, so harsh. What? Danger had a strange little article about about Rue on the weekend. Yeah, what did he say? Referring to his mother, vouching for Rue's character to his mother. Obviously, oh, his mother right. thinks he's of a poor poor standing. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, very, very insular kind of article. Was it ever in doubt? I don't know anyone who's that critical of Revolt, to be to be fair, except for me in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> it's very, it, it's very weird. Uh, and then we saw Clarko come out swinging after the oh, match. Mate, I, I want to get to that. We'll, we'll get to that oh, eventually. Okay. Yeah, I've got a special segment reserved for that. <laughs> you just wait. The sleeves are being rolled up and we'll tackle it soon. Uh, but uh, you mentioned McAvoy. Uh, I do want to just bask in this win. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fantastic display. Uh, McAvoy was best of field. 41 hitouts. Uh, I have 43, according 40, to the AFL okay, website. 43. There you go. I'll go you two better than that. And 17 touches. That is his uh, best effort for hitouts in his career. I was going to say, it feels like he's the best game I've seen him play. So Yeah, he's done well in a couple of finals for us, but uh, well, he was true. excellent on the weekend. And, and almost a lone hand with only Tim O'Brien. Helping yeah, him out in the ruck. You know, we do joke about Giles, but I mean, 
I think part of the reason we were able to dominate in the ruck was they had only Vardy. Who? Well, exactly. <laughs> got absolutely decimated. And uh, did they try and play McGovern in the ruck? Yeah, That's... McGovern did some work there, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was just no match. They were just so trying to break even. Why Why did Giles go out of the side? Oh, I don't know. I don't it's know. A they weird did look. One. They did look quite slow, didn't they? Didn't they look slow? They looked a little bamboozled <laughs> by us, which is weird. Well, for, we were we were that... so much harder at the ball than we were the week before, and we just we just were relentless in our attack. Yeah, it was good. The endeavour was absolutely there. Um, the the intensity and the confidence uh, were two things. Well, you I, saw that... the confidence grow after half time, oh, yeah. didn't you? I mean, we, we, early which... on, we were getting in positions where we could score quickly, and we just weren't taking the right option. But having Burgoyne in that forward yeah. fifty. Yep. He just seems to have more time than everyone else, yeah. doesn't he? You were hanging out for that, weren't you? Oh, you were a I big been, fan of Burgoyne in the 450. I've been calling for that for yeah. about a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, you he set wish. up a couple and then the confidence started going around the group and Mate, eventually I'll, Ruffy got in on the act. Which I'll, was great. I'll say, I reckon, you know, listeners at the moment, you know, following along with us, um, the start of this particular episode where I cut the highlights package together and put it over the music, yeah. getting that together, it did occur to me. I'm like, geez, Burgoyne's name is being dropped a lot. <laughs> He seems to be involved in every goal I've selected. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. You were completely right. Oh, here go. we go. Put that you doesn't in the coach's box. <laughs> <laughs> Put, we'll chuck you in the coach's box and see how you go. But you're right. Clarko did make some moves. Yeah, but just as important was having Hodgie as a lone hand in the back line. I mean, no, no one matched up on him most of the day. It was incredible uh, yeah. coaching. You know, um, um, I think it was uh, it was half time, was it, when Popolo had that final last last gasp shot at goal. Uh, and he yep. missed. I think that yep. was at half time. And um, I don't know. I just, something caught my eye. I just, I looked at Hodge and he's still the general out there. Yeah. Like he was still directing traffic and lots of pointing and shouting and just, geez, it made you feel good. Well, it made me feel good. I don't know if anyone else saw it, but I saw that. And I went, yeah, I think we're on today. I think we look good. There was a new standard created yesterday. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's it's going to look... fall below that now. Yeah, you know, it's going to look bad if we dip below it next week. Well, I mean, individuals if they fall below that effort. Well, yeah, they rightly go straight out the side. That's right. Uh, we'll get to some potential omissions soon, but let's continue celebrating our great win. Let's look at who else, Sean. Uh, Mitchell had I can't thirty-seven you disposals. Want, you want to, you're looking for omissions to bring Vickery back in already after three. I'm in the not box saying field. I'm not saying Vickery comes okay. back in. I'm just uh, we'll discuss it you're in a big detail. Fan. Well, <laughs> look, I think we can put an end to the uh, the Vickery curse. I was at, I was out at Box Hill. He looked very good, actually. Yeah, three goals, didn't he? Well, not only that, but he was pressuring the defenders. And uh, okay. Coburg were rattled after Are you sure it was time. Vickery? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> very, <laughs> such a cheap shot. Very hard to... Uh, to think it was anyone else with that awful haircut he's got. But anyway... <laughs> you don't like his haircut? I like his haircut. Do you? Yeah. He's always touching it. Is he? <laughs> Taking it out of his face and stuff. Anyway. Right, I'll watch Hodge, you watch Vickery. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell had 37 touches on the weekend. Uh, 81.1% efficiency. 81.1. And 100% when he was clear of the uh, contest. Well, there you go. That's what you want. Uh, Shields and Gunston were also quite instrumental in the win. Now, let's talk about uh, a man who was kind of under the pump for his inclusion. Uh, Tim O'Brien. He got he got back to play the following week. Like he could have easily gone out the side. You could have seen that go- coming. Yeah. Um, but geez, uh, there was a there was a moment in the match mm. where he took that mark, sailed across the front of the pack, took that mark, and I wrote down in my little notebook. Yeah. 
which I which I take now because I've got this podcast to do. <laughs> I had no idea you were being such a nerd about it. Well, I didn't know. even take a notebook. I wrote down in big capital letters, big <laughs> moment for Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and he. He did it. He put it straight through. Yeah. Beautiful kick. They delivered on the big stage. He put through three of them. Yes, three he did. two. He had he his opportunity. That was that was the big one for me because yep. uh, West Coast were mounting a challenge. Yep. And after that, it sort of went. West Coast lost their way a bit, and then yep. we started putting the goals on. And that was very important for his confidence. Oh, for sure. And and for his new nickname, Dermy. I like to call him uh, the new Bud. Do you? Yeah. Buddy Bud, 2.0. Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Sicily's game? I thought he really showed up as he well. He copped a knock, but before that he was very good. Yeah, he, uh, racked up 17 touches and he scored two goals, one. Yeah. Kind of like his game. Yeah, so I, uh, I didn't mind Sicily on the weekend. He was forward of the ball this week, wasn't he? Yeah. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. And what about Burton? Burton playing down back seems like he's found his spot. Yeah. Even though we we have discussed, we took you, it ma- on, you took made the point last week that Burton should play forward. But well, if he can um, beat his opponent that often, well, um, yeah. I mean, he wasn't showing up close to goal this week because they didn't have the efficiency going to their forward line. Mm, mm. But uh, he played very well for us. I tell you what, a couple of relieving marks that were excellent. Yeah, that's true. Someone who did uh, did, did play well down back was Brand. Yes. Uh, 19 yeah. disposals and took nine marks, the most of anyone out there bar McGovern. So he's leader in, in terms of the marks yeah. overall. And um, uh, that push in the back, which wasn't a push oh, in the back. Geez. What on earth was that? <laughs> oh, there are a few howlers out there for the uh, umpires, aren't there? Well, oh, it was shocking. They did keep him in the game as far as I was concerned. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah. If there's that, if that there's trend a bit of me that's wondering how bad West Coast were. Compared to how good we were. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because they're infamously bad in Melbourne. Well, they are now. <laughs> well, yeah. They have they're seven from time. 24 or something in Melbourne. Really? Is it that bad? So, Oh, look. Um, yeah, I felt um, West Coast seems properly bamboozled by us. Um, they, they couldn't move the ball. I don't know. And as you rightly point out, I don't know if that's credit to us or discredit to West Coast. Because I thought we set up pretty well. And we stopped their run. I mean, it, you know, it didn't always happen. They're, they got over the back a couple of times. Yeah, they're going coast to coast is still a big problem for us. Yeah. It's a deficiency in our game. Once teams get away, we can't stop them. Well, as soon as we, we had a turnover, we got caught on the rebound pretty efficiently by them. Um, yeah. But, you know, I want to talk about the re-emergence of Cyril. Yeah, well, it was something special. Uh, the heat was on during the week. You had to know he'd respond eventually. You can't keep him down. So he got higher than the uh, 2006 Premiership side of the West Coast Eagles, but Cyril Rioli was my man of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did scale those dizzy heights. Uh, Cyril Rioli was uh, rejuvenated. I said the club was, but you know him in particular, he found his uh, bag of tricks. Didn't the boys get around him when he was responsible for that for, for his uh, first in score involvement? Yes, I mean, yep. the whole bloody side ran to him. So obviously was there was a lot of emotion for Cyril this week. Yeah, there was. It's almost like uh, some bullshit AFL commentator happened to say something yeah, and it lit a fire under it. Almost oh, like 
Clarko had had some material to put yeah. up on the whiteboard. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, it's coming. It's coming, listeners. <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, we were speaking of bullshit free kicks before as well. And what about that one in the forward pocket? Oh, well, it's, it's a way just... of getting fan involvement. I mean, you've only got twenty eight thousand there. Make was them there all. Really, was there only twenty eight? Twenty eight. Well, that's you know a function of four forty on a Sunday. Thank you well, very much, yeah. AFL House. Yeah, well done. Hell. That's such a bad time against an interstate club as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, you that free kick in the forward pocket. Oh, it's, it felt like there is at least double twenty eight thousand in that moment. <laughs> All Hawks fans. Uh, it's great though because you can't really tell where the West Coast fans are because they still got a bit of yellow in them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering because it was huge in M10 that that non call. What was the response in your little M3 bubble that you're in? You're in M3, weren't you? Well, as soon as the outrage started to dissipate, there yeah. was this wonderful voice came over the top yelling, <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt it was also. Yeah, well, it couldn't have been anything else, Tiz. Another racist <laughs> non-call at the football. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I mean, it couldn't have been anything else. That is a shocker. That is one of the worst non-calls I've there seen. There were a number of calls that didn't go for Rioli. Uh, but, you know, he turned up. He had his bag of tricks. What about, uh, he could have taken... He could have had two cars. He could have two cars. That one that he put down... Would yeah, have, would the one-hander. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the greatest mark I've ever seen. When he got up there and then thought he might actually <laughs> have touch to touch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable when and he they, turns it And they do give him... They pay him so much respect now. I mean, he hardly gets any freedom of movement there's yeah. always someone right next to him and yet he still beats his opponent with little flicks i mean there was one well, beautiful moment where he goes out for the mark yeah and he's out of position so he just slaps it down to burgoyne on the oh, 50 he, he that did, was perfect yeah he did a couple of those yeah oh such good awareness but you know you, you talk about him being like closely followed and tagged if any team knows something about that it's got to be west coast doesn't it <laughs> i mean you know they have to have learned their lesson by now yeah Still strikes me as unbelievable we got away with that in 2015. Got away with what? what you, well, they let Cyril Rioli, one of the most dangerous players in the game, just oh, that do was, whatever nah. he wanted. I know what you... Yeah. The yeah. Wiggles web. It oh. was just, <laughs> a, a, you know, more like cheese than anything. It just had holes in it. It's just... That didn't perform on the day, but um, they'd, they'd lost Eric McKenzie. That they're not, and that was the reason they were playing the Wiggles web that year. Now he's playing in their seconds, and their right. their defence still looks as bad. So Adam Simpson's got a few things to worry about, but uh, I won't be worrying about him for him. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither. Nah, stuff him, stuff him. Nah. And uh, no, what was the comment on Twitter? No, uh, no, no Mitchell, Mitchell, no Wiggles. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, for us, it's no Mitchell, no worries. Yeah. We well, we did have a Mitchell, well, and he yeah, did we very have well, Mitchell, 37. Very well. Yep, as we, as we covered. I think the secret to our success, Tiz, if you don't mind me saying, uh, the Dipper Diet. Oh, the Dipper Diet. Everyone's on the Dipper Diet now, as we covered last week. Did you did you follow that, did you, Nick? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's something intrigues me about it. I kind of want to. Because there was a, there was a all, lack of feedback on Dipper's Diet, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was a tad incredulous about that. Um, but no, I mean, after all, he, he was a, an athlete yeah. of sorts, Dipper, mm-hmm. so maybe I'd do well to follow it, instead of sitting on my ass recording podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let's review some burning questions ahead of next round before we get some Twitter comments and questions. Okay. Okay. What did you like about our game and where do we still need to improve, do you reckon? Uh, I enjoyed Hardwick off the halfback flank. I thought his um, 
delivery to the forwards and the wing wing play was excellent. I yeah. thought we teased the opposition with the ball sometimes, just yeah. moving it from flank to flank. We um, we were controlling the pace and the momentum of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed that we got some confidence back. Mm. And the most important part of all, there weren't any passengers. Yeah, it felt like a pretty cohesive team performance. The players knew what they had to do and they went and did it. And the young yeah. players did what they had to do. They put their body into the contest. They made sure the ball went to our advantage. Yep. And um, most... Uh, the best part of the day yeah. for me was... Um, oh, this is a little bit strange. But Ruffy getting the ball in front of goal and then seeing an out-of-bounds on the full. That was fantastic. <laughs> but then him actually kicking it because the anticipation was there for the yeah. 500. Yeah, that's right. And you're like, oh, come on. And I remember there's so many greats that have done similar acts right on the cusp of yeah. their milestones. Yeah. But that was when he finally took that mark and put it through, what a great moment for Ruffy. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably give special mention of that. 500 goals for Jared Ruffhead. And I remember the first time we mentioned that, Yep. It was before we knew how he was going or whether he'd play this year. Mm. We were just hoping he could get the 11 or 12 goals that he needed. Yeah. If he find, if he ever did come back, you mm. know. Mm. And for him to have done it in round four is just terrific. Yeah, it's great and gives him some confidence as well. And um, he, he, he sacrificed a lot of his game on the weekend yeah. to, to give us another body in midfield and it was mm. good to see him get the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked uh, the confidence and the intensity about our game, which I think only grew. And, and you know, halftime siren goes, and I did take a deep breath. I'm like, oh, I know this story, oh, and you, I know how it plays you were, out. You were pretty tentative at halftime. Yeah, you were I was like, nervous. oh, our, half t- our second halves have been pretty bad. Yeah, and I wanted to know, you know what, what indication is there that this has changed? Uh, the only way we're going to know is when the siren goes and the ball is bounced and away we go. And nothing really, you know. Um, the way we started the game, we, we carried it out. In fact, I think we got better as we went on. And uh, it was really good to see. It's like the confidence and the intensity didn't drop off. And I felt like, for, for mine, I reckon siren to siren, we, we had the game the whole day. Yeah. The, the that, Eagles, it's that, not to say the Eagles never had a look in, but you know we looked the goods all day, I reckon. I thought that was about the on-field leadership. It's very easy to play counter-attack once you're five goals up. Mm. And we didn't bother doing that. We stepped, we kept going in at the ball harder than ever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just worried them out of it in the end. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Like we said earlier, they got a couple of free kicks that kept them in the contest. Yeah, there so was, wasn't much to the Eagles. We uh, outplayed them comprehensively for mine. Yeah, so I guess on that point, on that that ties into the argument of how good are we, really, and how bad are the Eagles? Well, that's a matter of debate. Well, but I thought they were pretty slick when they had the ball. They just didn't have it enough. Yeah. They didn't yeah. fumble it. They weren't giving us goals. They weren't kicking out and giving us an easy goal. I'll say it didn't hurt that Sam Mitchell didn't play. What's all this rubbish during the week about when he didn't get up? A lot of our fans seemed quite sad about that fact. And I thought, really? What? Did you want him to get 73 touches or whatever Whatever he's going to rack up? He's a bit of a handy player. I don't mind that he's not playing on the weekend. Yeah. What, did, you, what? did you feel a one iota of sadness that Mitchell... I did. Could... I wanted to applaud him off. Oh, after, that's, that's after right. After we yeah, won. Sorry, you're Would very, it would have been nice. Yeah, you're very pro-Mitchell, aren't you? Oh, I, I, I think you should respect our champions. But, I'll, I'll, um, I'll respect him when he does a lap around the G. Yeah, all right. Fair yeah. enough. I'll reserve my respect for then. But for, you know, when it was announced that he wasn't part of the team, 
felt pretty bloody good about it. <laughs> I don't need him playing against us. He's there a was, great player. There was a great little narrative. One of our followers on Twitter got on the same plane as the uh, West Coast players. Oh, really? Okay. And he informed us that Mitchell wasn't on the flight. He didn't uh, didn't travel. Yep. And um, and then he found out that he was coming back with the, with the West Coast players on huh. the, on the Sunday night. Yeah. Right. And uh, so he's like, oh, I have to travel over with them. And then I'm going to be on the flight back and we'll have lost and all this. And I won't even have seen Mitchell, which is why I was going and all, you know. And it's like, ah. Oh. And then the, the entire result changes and oh, he's so happy at the end. I mean, what a relief, though, to pay all that oh, money yeah. to come over and watch us play the Weagles. We're in the worst form we've been in for years. <laughs> and yeah. then we slap him. Yeah, the roll of the dice that really paid off. Um, now, I bring up Mitchell because obviously it's a big out. But uh, then again, we had our own big out. Uh, the guy who we sold the farm for, O'Meara, didn't yeah. play again. Are we starting to think that that knee knock might be a bit more serious than that? No, not really. No? Do we need him? I mean, we just... <laughs> Do we need him? <laughs> Jeez, I mean... No, that... it must be a relief to O'Meara, though, because he can see that he, you know, that he, he he's the icing on the cake, really. That we can win without him, yeah. and it lessens the pressure on his own efforts. Well, hopefully that is the takeaway from that. Um, who does and Vickery, ca- Vickery too, is in that conversation about um, pressure being on him. Yeah, I, I guess my question leaping off that is, um, who does O'Meara come in for at this stage? Well, Billy had a couple of awful moments. That was my next question. Um, <laughs> but you got to remember... Is the intensity of the pressure focused on Billy Hartung justified at this stage, do you reckon? He's still very young, and if you remember down the years watching Crawford, he would do two or three clangers a game. Right. And we had Hodgie gave him an easy goal in the first quarter. Yes, that was bad. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. You know, so the creative types, the ones mm. that have to break lines and pick pick the option out of you know the fifteen that they they've got yep. at any one moment during the match, um, you know they're going to make mistakes, but he'll make less mistakes with the experience. Okay, would it? Change your mind for me to say that he's played 47 games, I think it is now? Well, Will's only played 51, and he had a much, yeah. much less disposal efficiency than Billy. Yeah, well, the, only, re- you, the only reason I don't bring it up and is because people are sick of me harping on about go, Langford. And then you go down the list and you see Daniel Howe had five clangers, but he had nine tackles, you see, so his yeah. pressure acts. But, but, you know, this is what's going to happen with these young players, and we've just got to back them, like we hmm. saw with... Tim O'Brien, you back him for the next week and he fronts up, plays his best game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the ideal scenario, isn't it? Yeah. And also, Billy Billy did a lot of work for us when uh, Smithy went down with a corky. Yeah, right. I, I missed that completely. Yeah, so, I didn't even uh, see when that happened there to were, Smith. There were three corkies, uh, Poppy, Smithy and Sicily all copped one. Right, there you and, go. And, um, you know, we still kept up our, our pace, really. We certainly did, and uh, so we enjoyed a 50-point win. But uh, Box Hill, big news coming out of Box Hill. Both our teams pretty pretty comprehensively smashed their opponents. Well, the first quarter... For the Box Hill, because <laughs> you went Hawks down there, pretty you, went, ridiculous. you went down to Box Hill and you checked it out. You I did. It was a perfect day. Beautiful yeah. sunshine. You obviously liked what you saw because uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, what eleven goals two to nothing <laughs> at quarter time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, eleven goals Fitzy three. Had, in fact, Fitzy had three on the board. Sixty-nine to nil. Um, Fitzy got awarded the Gibbs Lions Medal for Fruit. best of field. He kicked five. A couple that were spectacular. There was would, would one. You, it's just him and. An opposition opponent, the ball going over the back, and uh, yeah. 
he just flicks the ball past his opponent. Oh, who's sounds, running onto the ball? Picks sounds it a up, little Cyril-esque. Yeah, picks it up <laughs> and then rolls it, dribbles it through the goal. And no one says tall Cyril around me, but I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, it's the spirit of the Hawk Talk podcast and, and our fans. Still a rookie, so don't get too excited, sports fans. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Vickery played very well. Uh, is there, I, I might be slow on the uptake with this, is there a chance of elevating Fitzpatrick or do we not have uh, that opportunity? You can elevate him if we put someone on the long-term injury list. Right, okay. So, yeah, okay. So, I mean, we're expecting Segler to come back halfway through this year or after the halfway mark? I don't know, actually. I, th- I think that is the case. He was tracking okay. About July, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that seems to ring a bell for me. But uh, I guess as long as Segler's coming back, then we don't really need to do that. But, I mean, promising signs. I'd like to see tall Cyril sooner rather than later back in AFL footy. Yeah, well, do you think there's... Well, do you want to go into the changes that might happen for St Kilda? Because uh, Yeah, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. Because they're a midfield-heavy side, uh, and we don't want to be exposed there. So you could see Jager coming back in. What about Stewart? How did Stewart perform at Box Hill? Uh... Didn't really notice Stuart. He's one of those players you don't mm. really notice. Mm. Um, for mine, he, he, I think he kicked a goal, and but pressures the football very well. What about Willsmore? We touched uh, on him he wasn't week. as good as he was the weekend before, okay. but it, it it felt like he shouldn't have been overlooked after that effort. Yeah, so, someone on Twitter said that uh, Hartung looks like Hodge compared to Willsmore. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that well, was Clarko quite harsh. turned up at the game at Box Hill. Yes, that's right. You snapped a, a cheeky pic of him. Yeah, uploaded I did. That to Twitter. Yeah. He looked someone very relaxed. Asked, did, did someone ask you whether you could approach him? As him? A, yeah, as if you would. I don't know. I'm Wayne Carey's mate. Uh, I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have a. At word. least I'd get a response. You yeah, know? you would. I don't think it'd be the one you're after. But. There are a few. There are a few hawkers at the game. Jager was there. Um, yep. Tom Mitchell was there. McAvoy was watching that's... his brother Peter run around for Coburg. Right. Okay. So uh, he, he used to play at Box Hill. Um, there were a couple of old Box Hill players in the in the Coburg side. Yeah, so um, who do you who do you bring in? I mean, do we go in unchanged? Well, Vickery put his hand up. He did. He kicked three goals. He kicked three, three goals, goals he, and they looked pretty good. He was pretty efficient around the ground. Yep. Um, Shuey, Sean Marcus. Yeah. He, he was playing sort of uh, wing, not really in the forward line. Mitchell Lewis played well. Yes, my boy Mitchell Lewis. Yeah. I read about that. Running around with 39 on his back. <laughs> yes, the good old 39. <laughs> <laughs> that classic oh, number. It's, but it's great fun going out there. Yep. And uh, I stand next to where the commentators are so I can hear them. Okay. See? I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do we have next week? Do you happen to know? Or? I think we're going to Williamstown. Okay. So we're away. A bit far for me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, do you want me to get some questions and comments from Twitter? Because we got a few. Do we? Yeah, Twitter, Actually, the, Twitter lit up. I mean, we love a win. Yeah. So, you know. Well, there was some pessimism before the game, though. Oh, there was. There was. I, I put out a poll. Did you see that? Uh, I think it was divided. Um, people thought, you know, there, there was four options and there was... Three of them were not winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, I think there was a almost a tie between I'm already looking forward to round six yeah. and uh, we're a sneaky chance. So people were, I think, cautiously optimistic. Well, I tweeted, you know, I've got a good feeling about this. And some, I think Carlo tweeted back, um, 
what, less than 10 goals or something? Oh. <laughs> Hard taskmaster is Carlo. We love hearing from him, though. We love hearing from all of you, actually, at uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, especially after a win. We got some uh, we got some good tweets. We got one here from Danny Prins, who said, "We got a lot more from our leaders, and our kids were very serviceable. Enjoyed watching Burton, Hardwick, Brand, and O'Brien do their thing," which I think sums it up. I think you know our leaders that haven't been informed stepped up a bit, and the kids showed something, which you know, as we said, is a pretty complete outfit when you've got those two things well i thought it was the kids raising their level and and letting the leaders you know have a bit more space yeah yeah because sure. though they had to be attended to by the opposition tim richards got in touch he said been a big critic of mcavoy and today was the best i've seen him play plenty of telling marks yeah i mean we've touched upon this already but mcavoy's best game for mine i reckon i've seen him play uh, Andrew Holden, no Mitchell, no West Coast. <laughs> there we go. That's the one I read. Don't mind repeating that one. Quantum Hawk triple six. What a name! Surely it's time for Longmire to move on, and they should trade all their best players. Must be a complete rabble. This is Sydney. This is Sydney. Oh, <laughs> something about watching Sydney lose. It's just beautiful. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that, as you well know. <laughs> as you well know. I mean, did oh, and can I just say they yeah. do not deserve Buddy up there. <laughs> okay. When you walk out here. before the bloke kicks his 800th, come on. Did they really? I didn't know that. Oh, it was a vacant stadium. Mate, that's Sydney. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. Absolute crickets. It's the Sydney crickets ground. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I liked that a little too much. Um, but that, I mean, the blowtorch has to be on Longmire now. I mean. Oh, yeah, can't coach. Yeah, can't coach. Can't coach in a final. Yep. It's just like Ross just Lyon all over again. Made poor decisions at the trade table that they'll pay for all year. <laughs> I mean, why does the narrative shift to them? And you know it's not going to this week. No, they're not going to harp it. No. No. They're too far away. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> and North, valiant in defeat. <laughs> that seems to be the story of their club, doesn't they it? They were a bit unlucky, though. God. What? Well, it gets to a point is when you stop being unlucky and it stops. It starts being a case of just not being good enough because they are classic. When it comes to the crunch, they don't get the win. It comes to a close game and they can't eke out a win. Yeah, that that is North Melbourne to a T. And don't I just love talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> Fill me with joy. We've got one last one here. Uh, one from Josh speaking about uh selections before can't see Jure getting a game over Hardwick at the moment thoughts yeah Jure played pretty well for Box Hill mm. um, I will say while, while I didn't mind Hardwick he's noticeably green like yeah. he, he needs more time but his distribution is really good oh yeah I, I'm not like I'm never worried about it when he's taking a kick yeah uh, for Same sure with Burton you got that confidence that they're going to hit a target yeah I like the fact that the, the the young kids that I've made my favourites coming mm. through are all tracking really well. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm enjoying most. I guess um, I mentioned to my girlfriend that the thing about Hawthorne is you can get quite impatient waiting for the future to arrive. Because especially when you're 0-4, you, just, you don't want it to, to be like that anymore. And you want to win and, and you want to win consistently. So when you're 0-4, it's like, I just want to be good again. and I'll play all the kids. Nah, screw it. Play all the kids. Get rid of the entire team. Wipe the slate clean. Put in Box Hill. Mm. But you can't you can't do that either. Uh, because they'd be exposed. But I called for a few kids to come in last week. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he did back a few. 
Well, that's what that's what was so satisfying about this win. You've got like, to remember, they've been denied so many opportunities. These kids would be playing for other clubs. They'd be up another 20 games. That's but true. But we made finals, so... Yeah. You know, we and we were loyal to our champs. Oh, the burdens of success, eh, it is. That's well, all it is. Well, it's why they choose to stay, mate. It's why well, Sean Marcus didn't take the money to go to Adelaide, you know. He's hanging in there. Yeah. Hanging in there for another flag. <laughs> Come off the bench. <laughs> um, now, I know we've been teasing it the entire episode, but I think it is time we get to award season. Oh, get ready to duck. <laughs> duck is the operative word. <laughs> Wayne Carey, he had a shocker in commentary, and that's why we're happy to award the inaugural Wayne Carey Weekend of Hell Award. I don't know if there's any other nominees, really, based on the title. It could only be Wayne, but he had a shocker of a weekend. It didn't start where you necessarily think it did, Tiz. I don't know if you heard this on the weekend, but uh, he was commentating the Port Carlton game, as he is uh, known to known to do. Joining Any, Channel anybody watching at this point? Was it the first quarter? Or? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was out and about at the time doing the whole comedy festival thing and uh, I stopped in at Fed Square to have a bite to eat at the, uh, the local restaurant there, Time Out. And they have TVs going and then there's obviously the Fed Square big screen. At one point, they were showing the game on at Time Out at the restaurant. I, I saw like the panel, t- Channel 7's commentary panel, ready to go. Next time I looked up, they had switched it to Big Bang Theory. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the game hadn't even started, and someone at the restaurants decided, well, I don't need this. <laughs> so I chuck on one of the countless repeats of Big Bang Theory. So I thought, well, that's a shame. I would have liked a sneaky look at that while I'm eating my dinner. Fortunately, I could see the big screen at Fed Square. I turn around. So do they, rub, do they run the sun subtitles under the Big Bang? or No. How do you know when to laugh? Well, that's the show to a T, isn't it? <laughs> you set them up, I'll knock them down. I need my own canned laughter for that one. Um, no, I looked over the, at the big screen at Fed Square, because they do show games there, you might be aware. They show footy there. Yeah. Not this time. No, they're showing infomercials. Oh, really? Like it was actually a shopping network. Well, <laughs> How bad and irrelevant a club do you have to be <laughs> when they, they would rather put on ads on the big screen? <laughs> they weren't showing Carlton. Which is fair enough. That's the thing. Because they weren't showing the game, uh, I missed the, the, the gem uh, of, a, of a commentary fumble that was uh, this one by Wayne Carey, who alleged that uh, in a passing comment, Robbie Gray and goal sneak Sam Gray are brothers. Oh, yeah. Which is not the case. No. Are so, they even related? I don't think they are. <laughs> I mean, I'll need to double check that, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, we're turning our sights on Carey here. They're not brothers, and Brian Taylor wasn't going to let that slide. And he said, Duck's clawed into a hole, and I'm not helping him get out of it. Mind you, it's not the only hole he's been in. He's been in a few in his career. Uh, <laughs> Which has met by a massive awkward silence. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of BT. I don't think you are either, but that was something... <laughs> that was a thing of beauty. That. Yeah, well, Duck dug a hole, and then... <laughs> BT made it deeper for him. It was much worse. Yeah, uh, exactly right. But I enjoyed reading that. But of course, it wasn't the only fumble Wayne Carey would make during the week. Um, did it, Now, this is something you signposted towards the start of the show. Yeah. And something that Clarko brought up in his post-match press, press conference. Um, Clarko basically torched Carey on his comments on Cyril Rioli throughout the week. Now, Carey said something to the effect of Rioli's homesick... He's, he's looking to go home. He probably won't see out his contract. Yeah, there's a pullback to the Tiwi Islands. Yeah. And the worst part was mm. that it had been that 
Hawthorne had had to coerce him into yes. signing his new deal. Yeah, and which was how long? A five-year deal. I mean, any, on the surface, even anyone who's not a Hawthorne supporter, it doesn't really quite add up, does it? No, it, it sounds like maybe they said, would you mind signing this jumper? And then as he was looking away, <laughs> they put the contract down. Yeah, right. I mean, you don't sign for five years if you've got to pull back to the Tiwi, do you? Well, it's basically what Clarko said. I mean, and this is what, you know, you were calling for Clarkson to take the hard line in his press conferences. You want him to get a bit aggro. Well, I'm, I think he came out this week. I wasn't sure I wanted him to get aggro. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I just wanted him to, you know, embrace the the scrutiny of the media a bit. Well, he certainly did that this week. He put a few people on he blast. Put, he put the torch back on him. He put the torch back on Kerry. He said, once again, no account by a bloke who should know better than throw up bullshit about our players. And then he threatened him. Well, he said, you have to hold some of these people to account because the hysteria it creates is just absolute rubbish, particularly yeah. Kerry of all people. Yeah. Kerry shouldn't make too many comments about stories about other players because we could just go to town on him. Now, what else Whew. did he do? He said uh, a couple of years ago in a final that Frawley went off with a concussion and then he came back on and uh, we were allowed to enact the sub, yeah. which gave us run off the half-back line and then it yeah. suddenly came back and Kerry's like, oh, that's a bit sus. And Clarko came out swinging that day. And what else did he do? Oh, he said Mitchell wouldn't get a game in any other side. Yeah, Which he's since gone on to do. And <laughs> so the Duck, I mean, apart from his own indiscretions, which uh, saw him end up at Adelaide. Yep. We've got, we've got some really strange special comments, people, anyway. Yeah. We've got Barry Hall. We've got Lynch. Yep. And we've got the Duck. It really just... Three shining lights of AFL morality. <laughs> well, it really just emphasises the special in special comments, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, okay, Heath Short, well done. Oh, no! <laughs> now, come on, don't put me in the same basket as Heath Shaw. That was shocking, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, that's what happens when you mic up the umps. Uh, yeah, he would have said much worse throughout sure? his career, Do you I'm reckon sure it was at Tom Papley or was it the umpire? Because that was unclear. Well, apparently it was at Tom Papley. Yeah. But, I mean, other, you know, obviously, it's it, you, you can't be saying that. But I still maintain that Mike, oh, main... Mike's have failed to pick up a lot worse. Oh, I will maintain that that is definitely the case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's the heat of battle. So, I I'm not saying people get a special pass, but... It's unfortunate. Well, apparently they are alleged to get a special pass. You're allowed to do it a couple of times or something. Right. The AFL, um, then they'll crack down on you. But, I mean, like so many things with the AFL, they're just duplicitous and it depends on your um, ego, uh, on your standing in the game, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, since we're talking about the big wigs. Oh, here we go, the faceless... <laughs> Yeah, well, the faceless men segment we've got lined a, up. So there was an article in the Australian during the week that uh, the CEO role is down to two. Okay, and this is a, a race referring to our search for a CEO. Yeah, which I sort of earmarked as something we had to fill pretty soon because there's a lot of pressure on Clarkson. Yep, it's down to Fiona De Jong, or who is of the AOC. And <laughs> I love that you practiced that name for a oh, show. You still haven't got it. Yeah, how do you say? I don't know, mate. Fiona De Jong. Let's just go J-O-N-G. with that. J O N G. If anyone knows at Hawk Talk Pod, maybe you can. And uh, write the other it one's out. Michael Netterfold. Now I've I've done a couple of profiles. Okay. Very, you know, I'm sort of getting into my slow wow. preparation. Yeah. So uh, Greg Demon reported it's a two horse race between these two, and she's Fiona is a uh, a John Coates acolyte. He anointed her to take over. Mm. 
and uh, she's been at the AOC for 12 years. Okay, that's uh, pretty good. Got legal, she basically managed their legals. Uh, but in October 2016, when she gave up that role, she said she was attracted to international roles but would explore other options, Okay. having recently done a Harvard business degree. Mm. So uh, she's been described by Coates, who enjoyed a great relationship with her, as uh, one of the great sports administrators. And uh, she just she gave it up after Rio. One, one of the great sports administrators. Who's your top five? To yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a very strange thing. But uh, I did read about one thing she did uh, okay. at Rio. So I'm already Australian, nervous. Australian athletes have been quite famous for getting into events that they are not got the right tickets for. Okay. Right. I think um, the bloke who used to run the swim team used to just get them into anything. And basically right. after Sydney where they could go anywhere they wanted. Yeah. Just by nodding assent to the security on the door. They got <laughs> <laughs> they got a little bit uh, confident and apparently 10 athletes were detained by police in Rio over alleged accredit- accreditation tampering. Apparently to gain access to the Boomers Serbia um, semi-final for the uh, basketball. Right. So without correct passes, they were taken to the police station and uh, apparently Fiona de Jong uh, rushed down to the station and negotiated with the authorities and got them on the flight home. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, but it's, there's been a couple of articles just on the weekend. She's still settling scores from her time at the AOC, alleging Uh-oh. bullying environments and things like mm, that. So okay. she doesn't look like she's moved on too well. Okay. So we'll look at the next candidate yeah, we're now. Yeah, moving swiftly along. Yeah, we're, well, this a beautiful character assassination there. So under <laughs> Michael Netterfold, uh, he quit. He quit St Kilda in 2013, having been there since 2009. So in the first year, they made the grand final. Yeah, I was going to say the glory years for St Kilda. Yeah, and uh, so he was CEO, and they lost to Geelong. He's uh, got a lot of money behind him. Been very successful as a businessman. Uh, he was described as a quiet achiever by his St Kilda successor as CEO, and he's uh, he's seen as a safe pair of hands after managing the move of St Kilda to Seaford, okay. which was, of course, disastrous, mm. and they've now <laughs> moved back to Moorabbin. Yeah, so uh, should go on to Dingley, but of course, <laughs> but of course, what they're looking at there is the experience with building and. Mm. Um, you know, preparing all the contracts and things like that. Not the fact that the playing group absolutely hated driving to Seaford. <laughs> um, and but he is seen as the candidate of the AFL. Basically, okay. he's very good friends with Gill. And uh, so I wanted to look at a couple more. Yeah. I don't think it's down to a race in two. They're still talking about Steve Rosick, who's okay. come out and said that uh, his contract prevents him from working for any other AFL club until 2019. Okay. But, of course, we all know that contracts can be waived. Mm. Um, he's been at Frio since 2008. Previously, he was at West Coast as their commercial operations for four and a half years. So he knows the business. Mm. And uh, he's a chartered accountant. And the other candidate that uh, Hawthorne seemed to be very keen on but has uh, taken himself out of the race is Amit Baines who's the Chief Operating Officer at St Kilda. Now, that is basically being the CEO, uh, but without the glory. (laughs) So you just run around doing everything under the CEO, and the CEO takes all the glory. So uh, I couldn't understand why he wouldn't want to leave St Kilda for for the promotion. But uh, there are allegations that uh, the AFL house has sort of placed pressure on a meat bones that he should Mm. probably stay there because they are one of those clubs that... um, What's what's the word? 
needs help. Needs um, stability. Okay. Stability. All right. So uh, nettle fault. Why, was why a, does that was, have to be our problem? Well, it, well, it is our problem because they're preventing him from coming across. Yeah, but I mean, how, so how much does the AFL wield control over stuff like this? Oh, who knows? It, it's not going to make the paper, mate. They uh, they also control all the journo's accreditations. Yeah, bloody hell. It's a tangled web, isn't it? It just doesn't seem fair. If a guy wants to come across... To well, we Hawthorne, don't know that. I mean, that's just rumours. So, uh, well, he, the fact he may that, be promised a job at St Kilda soon. Oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, the fact that we have to entertain it at all is probably a worry, isn't it? Well, it just looks like such a better opportunity for all the work he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, And he has been very, very good. When is... Do we, do we see the light at the end of the tunnel for this? Like, when when might we see the end of it? No, nah, Hawthorne's pretty quiet about it. They don't... Um, they don't say there's a decision decision in the offing, so um, right, okay. But uh, who would you like to see the first <laughs> Out of female um, AFL CEO? Yeah, sure. I mean, not I mean, on the, she sounds extremely motivated. Well, not not on the basis that she's a female would I like to see her, but I think that experience um, with the AOC, experience. yeah, that sounds pretty good. That's a great CV. Um, yeah, of course, in a position like that, you make a lot of enemies very quickly. I, I mean, I'm I'm the last person who can, you know, suggest. I mean, it's so can... high, you know, it's in the clouds, really, isn't it? Well, that's I mean, right. It's it's just pervaded with all these rumors and intrigue. And... Like we just have to trust that the club knows what they're doing, what they're looking for, and that they'll make the best decision possible. But that's a lot of experience. Twelve years. It is. It looks good on paper, mm. for sure. And Nettlefold's been a good. Good rep for uh, St Kilda. He did very well while he was there. Now, speaking of St Kilda, our opponents this week. Yes. Yep. Lovely little segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was weighing up whether to ditch the promo because there was talk last week whether uh, my promos that I was cutting on other teams was actually costing us. That was uh, actually the key to our success was me just... You know, zipping my lips for a week. <laughs> and it turns out that wasn't the case because no. I cut a promo. And what a promo it was! Yeah. If anything, it told me I should go harder. Yes, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it's less material. <laughs> some teams don't throw much up. I'll be honest. So we got St Kilda this week. Yeah, the media's really loved laying into Hawthorne lately, saying our best is apparently behind us. But I take a look at our opponents this week, and boy. Their best is a really, really long way behind them. So far behind, in fact, it's in black and white. St Kilda's last flag was 1966, and Saints fans, I'm going to bet you've worn down those VHS cartridges just to make it through the lean decades. And I know I'm discounting the fact you weren't actually half bad in 2010. You made the grand final, but hey, let's be real for a second, and bless your cotton socks for this one. You needed two cracks to fail at something. What you need is a lesson from the best. 2013, bang. 2014, bang. 2015, bang. It's your turn to be caught in our crosshairs. This Saturday, you're marching into Launceston, the Hawks' fortress, where we eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. 19 games, 19 wins. We turn good teams into statistics. And take note, I said good teams, not teams that need a do-over to get the job done. It all adds up to one thing, St Kilda. This Saturday, you go marching back to Melbourne, bullied and brutalised by the best team of the modern era. I don't know what to expect this weekend. Down in Tassie. I mean, we've got a few young bucks who haven't played much down there. Um, St Kilda nearly beat us down there. They did. Yeah, we got very lucky last year. Mm. Some would say we got the rub of the umpires in the last... Well, there was a wonderful guy, Louis. 
yeah, but oh, it should be a competitive game. As long as we come with the same, uh, same impact and vigor and endeavor yeah. and all that stuff, um, we should be okay. Um, I, I tentatively back us in. I haven't watched St Kilda play that much footy this year, but you know they're, they're tipped to be on the rise, aren't they? They are. They've got a younger list. Um, but the window's shutting because Rue and Montagna are, mm. you know, in the twilight. So <clears throat> they've got to do something this year. So there's a lot of pressure on them. But, uh, you know, they've got a game plan that, that can be stifled. Uh, I would advise people not to get too carried away with what we saw on the weekend. Because uh, I know that sounds super pessimistic, but I'm just, you know, let's enjoy the win. But... Mm. We we still don't know where well, Hawthorne sit at the moment. Well, the young players are going to be up and down, aren't they? They're no, not, well, that's it. The consistency it. won't be there for a while. And uh, I know we mentioned earlier in the podcast that the standard has been set, but it's a matter of meeting that each week now. And there's some weeks it's not going to be met, whether that's because of us or whether it's because we just run into a really really good side. I'm not sure mm. if St Kilda qualifies as that yet, but we don't know. We don't know yet. We're sitting one and four. Um, we've got a good few weeks coming up, I would say. The fixture looks kind to us. Yeah, so we've got uh, Melbourne after that, don't we? Got Melbourne, got Brisbane back in Tassie then, uh, Collingwood then Sydney, I think. So, um, you know, and who knows where Sydney's going to be by that Melbourne stage. Melbourne will be a big challenge, I think. It should be. It Lewis helps. will be running around for them by then. Yeah, it helps that they don't have Gorn. Mm. Um, so hopefully McAvoy can assert his dominance once again. But... Yeah, I mean, who knows? As, as much as there was a question mark at the start of the year around Hawthorne, I think that question mark is, has well, lingered. Well, it's a big monkey off the back, isn't it? And it's a lot of confidence oh, yeah. for him. And, yeah, it, uh, it helps. It's not. It's suddenly, as I, it's like I said at the top of the show, you can start to see some sort of bright future when you have a win like that. And it's, you know, the grey clouds could easily settle back over the club in another week's time. But look, I, I, I just, I'm trying not to be pessimistic about it but i'm also trying not to get carried away because i know what happens when i and you see it on social media i what i don't want to happen is for the kids especially of our team to be the subject of a huge media social media backlash that they they turned up they did well against the west coast but do you want to talk about that with ty victory because he came in for a lot of abuse (sighs) yeah he, he did and Totally I, I wanna, unsubstantiated look, wanna, and unwarranted. I want to put on the record that I don't mind him. and I, I, I can see his potential. And you've got to remember that a lot of players do not kick on quickly with a new club. Yeah, that's right. And remember Frawley? It took Frawley oh, a while. Yeah, it did. And remember uh, that first game he played in the JLT for us? We were all like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not just Melbourne, it's their players. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and you know now he wears a he keeps a premiership medallion and now, wherever yeah, he keeps and Josh it. Kennedy's his bunny, you know. It's yeah, just... pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, look, it takes time, and you know, Vickery just kicked three in the VFL, so there's something. But his work rate was up, you know. When, well, yeah, you being there live, yeah. like you can see that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I just I want us to go a bit easier on all of our players. Should we happen to lose next week? We've seen something special. That doesn't mean that we're suddenly going to make the finals. No, it doesn't. Just keep, but, keep uh, yourselves in but check it keeps over the, the next hope week. There, doesn't it? It does, and, and hope can be hope can be annoying sometimes. And that's what Lee Matthews was saying. We lacked hope. You know, yeah, where's the next yeah. premiership coming from? Was what they were talking about. Looking too far ahead, isn't it? I mean, it is. It is. We were, I, we were looking at who to uh, sell in the you know sell off to get 
deeper into the draft or higher in the draft last week, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. A week is a long time in football. It's an exciting time to, to be watching Hawthorne. I know it didn't feel like that at 0-4, and four, but, I mean, at the MCG on Sunday, you just got a glimpse of what could and be very soon. 28,000 people got their just desserts. <laughs> I mean, that was... It was terrific. That's what you come for, the ride. Because that's, that's, that's right. what it's going to be like when the young team, unexpected wins... Unexpected losses. Yep. Kids turning up, having their best game of their life. Other kids kicking at the opposition and dead in front. <laughs> you know, that's what it's going to be like for a little while. Uh, hopefully we just land the other side of it. We get a win and not the loss. But we've got the culture of the club. Yep. Keep us going. Yep. That's right. And Box Hill winning isn't a bad thing. They'll be top of the ladder in the VFL. All three teams won. Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling good about that after this weekend, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm not saying get carried away. Just like the, the, just savour it. The future's looking bright. It's not all doom and gloom. We have the meteor off our backs, hopefully, for one week. And we, we can sit as supporters confidently and say it's we've got something, at least. And said, Kilda, you're looking terrible and you're going to look worse. <laughs> oh, he stuck the boot in. There we go. Well, that was your mini promo. Mini promo. Oh, I think we'll end on that. That's pretty <laughs> nice. Hey, our listeners, uh, jump on board at our Twitter page at Hawk Talk Pod. Um, you've been wonderful. It was great sharing that win with you guys, and we love hearing from you uh, all throughout the week as well. It was, it was nice uh, with that little pie chart that I created. Yeah, that got, that got a bit, bit of traction. Oh, the bloody AFL came for us like you wouldn't believe. It was. A, it was Who a, doesn't have an opinion on Hawthorne? Please oh, fill out this form. Every man and his dog. It was shocking, and they and they had they had a, an online form that you could fill in, and they used the results of that to basically create a massive audit of uh, how shit Hawthorne was doing. Yeah. And I'm oh, can't that, wait. Can't wait for it on North and Sydney this week. It'd be great. Oh, exactly. You know, where's the article on them? What's going wrong at Sydney? They haven't got enough salary cap, mate. That's obviously <laughs> it. They just need a little more help, Sydney. Yeah, that's all it is. Just need a little bit of a push along. Yeah, they'll now, get there one day. They're, 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 you know, the AFL stuffed it up. They gave too many concessions to GWS and not enough to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, jump on Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod and uh, converse with us there. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we got another five star rating on iTunes, which is great. Um, that really gives us momentum, especially when you when you zero four and you see stuff like that come through. It, you are taking the ride with us. We're all on this journey, and it's great to see that even in the hard times, you're, you're backing us and you're enjoying the podcast. There was one guy who said to me, um, "Tis there was a feedback on I think Big Footy." One guy said that he actually muted Channel 7's commentary oh, really? and gave us a listen instead. <laughs> That's been my favourite feedback of all time, I reckon, for this podcast. Yeah. So there you go. There's an alternative for you listeners. If you don't want to listen to Wayne Carey, and why would you? Uh, there's something you can do. Uh, yeah, rate, review us on iTunes. Um, share it around. Share the pot around. You know, you're feeling good after this weekend. You want to enjoy the win. Enjoy it with your fellow Hawks fans. Share the share the Hawk Talk podcast with them. Send them send them to at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter or just share the, share the link to iTunes or SoundCloud. I, I reckon that's going to be it, Tiz. How are you feeling about St Kilda's, uh, the, the game against St Kilda overall? I'm feeling a lot better about the club and the results don't matter. <laughs> it's a bit got a bit whose line is it anyway there points don't matter uh i'm feeling good too it's good to have a win isn't it it is big weekends full of wins box get, hill get some confidence into the youngsters and some confidence from the champs exactly right we carry a lot of optimism into this week against st kilda in tassie that's our fortress mate we never lose there <laughs> well have you jinxed it no, i don't know not yet no let's let's see if we can keep the streak intact 
it's feeling pretty good. A win makes a huge difference. And I can finally say with confidence, we are a happy team at Hawthorne.